shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you and we worship your holy name. We thank you for the kids and we pray that God will continue to bless them and uplift them and they continue to love you more and find your way and just walk in you. We bless them in the name of Jesus and we thank you for each one of us that is here tonight and those that are watching online. We pray that God will remember each one of us and we thank you for your goodness and your mercies. For those who are well, we thank you, Lord, because it's an opportunity for you to show up with your healing. So we know the devil is at our feet and they are well in the name of Jesus. And therefore, you have lost it because Jesus will show up and heal them. So we thank you, Jesus. Even as we share your word tonight, we pray that God, your presence will be here and that God will speak to each one of us in our own way, in a way that we, each one of us can understand you. We give you praise, we give you honor in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. Amen. So uh, I'm grateful for another opportunity to share with us the word of the Lord. My husband is working tonight. I I like him being there because like the Bible days, whatever I miss, he can clarify it. I'm like, what do they say? <laughs> so I understand when you don't get everything I say, there's a tribe that we preach to. And whenever they don't get what you say, they just raise up their head and say, teacher, what was that about? So I give you permission. If my R's and L's hurt you and you're like, what was that about? You can, I can clarify and possibly spell it for you so you can get it. So I get it. God has blessed me with a very patient man. Sometimes he has to ask me three or four times to repeat what I say so we can get it. So, but I'm blessed, I'm loved, and I thank God. Tonight, uh, I, I, it's like a contribution as what we were talking about. And after what we were taught last Saturday, I would call it like a trimming the edges, like we were being trimmed at the edges, like you would be, that's not where you're supposed to be going. So our edges were trimmed and I so now I know now that we are we're doing better than we were doing last week. And I praise God for our brother for sharing the word of God with us. So tonight I want to share with us something that is easy and simple and Sad was praying about it today earlier on when we were, when we were praying. Uh, the topic of what I want to share tonight is, can God use me? This is a question that uh, a lot of us ask because you look at yourself and you know yourself better than a lot of people know you and you feel, I, I know, as a believer I've been called, but I'm not sure that God can really, really, really use me. Because they are, like Michael was teaching, there are limitations. You feel like, I, I'm not good enough in this. I'm not, I can't do this like I want to do it. So I want us to read a very short scripture in the book of Matthew, chapter 21. And I'm only going to read verse 3. And I will talk about the rest of it. And if any man says, uh, unto you, you shall say, the Lord has need of them. And straight away he will send them. 
The story is about when Jesus sent his disciples to go get uh, a cart of a donkey. And I was smiling when we were talking about donkey town. I didn't go to donkey town. <laughs> but Jesus needed a cart to ride on because he had to fulfill the scriptures about going to the scripture that talks about him coming, riding on a, on a donkey to Jerusalem. So he needed a donkey. Like we said the last time, there are times that God needs us. Even though he is, has everything and he can do everything, there are times he needs somebody. So he needed a donkey. And uh, those who have been near donkeys and good donkeys, well, they, they know, they say that donkeys are very stubborn, but I have heard about the research that was done and they have realized they're really not very stubborn. It's only that it takes a little bit longer for a donkey to comprehend the command. So when you say to a cow and you call it, it will respond and come. When you talk to a donkey, it takes like 15 more seconds for it to even though it knows its name, for it to internalize what you say, for it to begin coming. So people kind of try to think they are stubborn, but it takes them more time to know what you're talking about or what you want. So they say if you understand them better, if you understand them well, they are really, really not very stubborn, but they need time. So Jesus would have rode on a horse because it's faster, it's fancier. But he needed a donkey. And sometimes you think the most talented people or the people who look like a certain way are the ones that God will be wanting to use. But he wants to use you. With all your shortcomings, with all your weaknesses, with all your faults, he needs you. This reminds me of the first time I ever preached to a big crowd. I was, I was quite young, and I was in a church that had about 300 to 350 people. I had preached to fellowships of a few people here and there. But something happened in church, and there was, there was sin in the church, and there was a big strike. The church was beating. And I didn't live in the village where the church was. I lived a long away. So I didn't know everything that was happening, but I knew something is happening, something is not working. And the scene was with the pastor, so you can imagine how bad things were. And uh, he talked to me, and he asked me to preach the coming Sunday. And that, that in itself was, was a big deal, just to be asked to preach to this church of 350 men and women. And on top of this, you preaching when there is, there is a controversy going on, so you really, really don't want to go. And at some point during the week, the week prior to the Sunday that I was to preach, I chickened out. I was like, I'm not going to do this. I have this no way I'm going to, I'm going to do this. These were the days where there was the telephones were 
a booth and in, in a village there would be one booth and it didn't work all the time. The pastor worked in the, in the Yobi city and you had to call and get to the receptionist and then you had to connected to the to an extension so it it's not it was a big deal i was not working i have to look for money to go to church my parents weren't giving me money because i was in a pentecostal church i had grown up an african and when i got spirit field for some reason it didn't start and so they had to make sure i get up they didn't tell me go out but everything was done to get up from the place and I love them. <laughs> but so I I have an issue with my family, with my because not because they were bad, but they didn't understand about the Holy Spirit and all these these crazy things that are happening. So and so I don't even have somebody to ask money. And my dad was not the kind that would let me would let his children go out looking for many work to do because he was too proud to let people know that we are needy. So I had, I always had to hatch a plan of how to do it and get paid without them knowing. So I had this friend and her parents were, her, her family was really, really poor and she would go. My area would go around, um, around of green source. You go harvest them and you are paid. So I would go in the name of helping her. <laughs> and then we would get everything together and she would, I wouldn't pay, but she would be paid and then she would share with me. So I have this my, my coins to go to the booth and I say, God, if I get this preacher, I will, I'm going to tell him I'm not going to preach on Sunday. So I called. Miraculously, the phone, the, 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 the call went through, which was a miracle itself. Because the receptionist was transferred back, and behold, I couldn't fight again. So there was no way of me backing up because I'm, I'm a trustworthy person. So I couldn't not show up. Because, <laughs> so I had to show up. So I showed up this Sunday. I remember the, the, the message I preached. And it was very good. The Holy Spirit just came through and did it for me. I wasn't that such of a good preacher, but he did it. Like, but up to today, there are people who still remember what I preached those many years ago. But so I preached and I was done. But this put me right into the battle. Because the God who has seen is the one who has invited me to preach. So the side that is against me were all against me. So here I am very innocent and now I'm in the middle of this battle. And so they decided the only reason she would have preached is because this guy must have had to let it be. So it, it got me and it got ugly. <laughs> and one of the guys decided to talk to me. So I was walking one day to church and he's talking. And he decided to ask me about, are you, are you married? So it's, and this, the person I'm guessing uh, I'm married, he's like uh, close to 20 years older than me. So I, <laughs> in my mind, this is just way ugly. So I'm like, and I stood there 
and he talked to me and he said, all he needed to say and he asked, are you going, are you married? I, I can be stubborn. And so I looked at him and said that I am not going to answer such a question. So I never answered, I said, I'm not going to say anything about it. <laughs> yes, I know, I'm not talking about this. So I told him, I'm not, I'm not telling you. <laughs> so I didn't tell him anything. We are the fire. <laughs> <laughs> so rising from that to ever preach again was an issue because your name has been smeared for something you're not even involved and uh, you you were preaching and God moved and you were out there and you have been hit and now you are down there and. Rising from that, you like, had God really spoken to me to go preach or I had an echo? Can I ever rise up again and preach? But I thank God because Jesus needed a donkey. He didn't, he didn't need anybody in the, in the horse. He needed somebody and he needed something that was unqualified. So God, for God to use you, one of the qualifications to know that you can be used by God is when you know you are qualified. <laughs> when you feel that I'm so inadequate, I can't do this thing, then you are the candidate that can rely only on God for you to do what God has called you to do. But if you feel like you are qualified, that like you got it, you don't have it. <laughs> so, the, the donkey is, is, is a slow animal. It doesn't go as fast as you want. It doesn't run, it doesn't trot. It walks at its own pace. The, 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 the walk that God has called us into is not a sprint. It needs patience. It needs endurance. You've got to be a man or a woman who can endure. You can endure a whole village talking about and come out and stand in the same village at the shopping center and say, I'm born again and Jesus is born. You've got to be able to endure the things that happen, the things that come your way. And even though you have been hit and you're down there, you can rise up again and say, even though this has happened, Jesus is born. And I'm going to go and walk in the, walk in the walk of faith. So you have to be a man or a woman who, who can endure and who can who can be able to know that this is not this is not a sprint, it's a race that calls for you to keep going. A lot of people, especially in the Christian world, they give up because you pray. And you're believing God, this is the year. Even the God, you start and think, this year, God is coming through for you. And the year comes and goes, <laughs> and nothing has happened. So you've got to be somebody who can know, even when nothing happens, he's still working. Even when we don't see what he is doing, you've got it in you that you can still patiently wait upon him that he is still at work, even when I don't see it. I was thinking about the kind of a person that God can use. 
This person has to be meek. And this makes me think about Moses. The Bible says Moses was the meekest guy, the, the man that God even it's testified in the Bible that he was meek. And I would thought, what made Moses so meek? Remember where he was born? He was in the river and he was, he was brought up in riches and splendor. He knew it. He knew how to live a good life. He knew to eat the best. Then something happens and he is in the wilderness. And for 40 years, all the, all the guy has is sheep and goats and cows. And I'm sure he learned to speak their language. <laughs> I, I, have, I have looked after animals and after some time, you know, you know, you know how to say, uh, you know how to say, I can do it. So you learn to speak their language. And if you have ever been across or near sheep and goats, they, there is a smell about them that lingers. It doesn't matter what they go. So Moses was brought from there to here, and he was so humble, he became so meek until it is testified about his meekness. You got to hear me a woman who is meek, who has, you may not have to go through stuff to be meek, but you've got to be somebody who can submit to the will of God and somebody who can say, whatever he says, I will follow and I will do it. It doesn't matter the opinion of anyone else. But if he has spoken, it doesn't matter what, what everybody sees. It may look crazy. It may look like you didn't hear God. But you've got to be meek enough to submit to his will. And whatever he says, I will do it. The other qualification is that you've got to be an upright man. You've got to be a woman who is upright. You've got to be somebody who can walk with integrity. The Bible even talks about, um, about people who were chosen to be priests or who would, who would serve in the priesthood. If they had a deformity and they could start upright, they were disqualified from being priests. They couldn't become priests. For you, for God to use you, you've got to be a woman and a man who is upright in his ways. What that means is, you are standing for the truth, no matter what. Even when alone, even when no one sees you, you are upright. When you have your phone at night, when no one else is, is allowed you, you walk in upright. When nobody knows whether you pray or you don't, you can start before God. It's God. I'm, I'm doing what you want me to do. I am going to follow you. Whether there is place, whether there is anybody to say, I know you're doing good. Knowing that it's not about you, but about God. You can stand for the truth, even when alone. The other thing is about humility. A donkey 
It's not the prettiest of all the animals. <laughs> Even people make fun of it, but you are very long face, long face. It's just a humble animal. Just, it's just there. So you got to be humble. You got to be. You got to be able to be humble enough. Just like Jesus, the Bible says he humbled himself and he submitted to the cross. And even though he was the son of God, he washed the disciples' feet. He had everything. He knew everything. But he took the towel, tied it on his waist, and washed the feet. I know you have all grown wearing shoes. You have no idea. You live in the village, and you wear in those difficult shoes that you make from time of the vehicle, or you are walking barefoot. And then Jesus gets to wash those feet. It's not pretty. It's not what you want to do. It's it's nasty. It's you you would want somebody to do something different. What if it was on a rainy season? You can imagine the kind of thing he was washing, but he did it. He was humble enough. He was he 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 had the humility to do it. There are things that you need to do. You 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 you've got to be able to do for the body and for the kingdom. Some of it is not. We will not give you glory and honor, then you not know that you did it. But you've got to be humble enough. Like you can submit to anyone in the body of Jesus. That you can you can go on for the sake of anybody. You know, there are people who can do this to great people because it's it's good, it feels good. You can the people you want to take to a restaurant, sit together and eat with them, but there are other people you are like. You need a you need a you start to read it because they don't even have table manners. <laughs> you I don't mean you have to take them, but you are humbled in your heart such that you can do it. If you are required to do it, you won't look for an excuse. You can gladly do it like Jesus did. Like if you go out there in the mission field and you ask to do something, you can you know, you can do it. And I, I, I say this out of experience. There are places that I have been in the mission field, and I'm like, really, am I supposed to do this? Or am I supposed to eat this? One of those tribes, the women are the ones that slaughter the animals. It's not the men, it's the women who do it. And then you slaughter, uh, roast it, or cook it. But, when you look at the hands that are doing it, or the utensils that are being used to cook for you, you're like, I really going to eat this. I remember the first time that I ever drank camel milk. I don't do milk of any kind. I don't like it. <laughs> I've told you my story, what I did with milk, so I'm not going to repeat it. But when you are in this field where you're walking and all the flies come up and it's like a, a crowd of flies. And I, I, I'm not even sure those pots they are using have ever, ever, ever been washed. So you can't even tell the original color. And 
here you are. You've come to share the gospel and they're going to go with those three places and stuff. And you're like, should I say I'm food? Because <laughs> you're like, we are not going to get sick from this. But if you say no, then you say no to whatever you're going to say. So you've got to have a choice in mind. I got, I got to trust God in this. So you, you've got to be humble enough that you can do anything for the master. You got like, he wants to ride on you. Say, we go. Whatever you go, whatever, whatever you say, we are going to do it. The other thing you need, and I, I was like, do I talk about the Holy Spirit or do I, what do I talk about? Is we need the Holy Spirit because without the Holy Spirit, we cannot do these things. And for the Holy Spirit to come dwell in you, those three things that I've already said about being made, about humanity, uh, you've got to have them. You've got to have them for the Holy Spirit to come and dwell in you. Because the Holy Spirit will not dwell in a proud manner, in a proud person. Oh, I jumped to one of them. The third thing is you've got to be able to have the inner cleansing. I call it detox. After some, after some time, after you've been through, even people encourage you, you've got to detox. Because there's so many things that you've been eating that is toxic. You've got to, to be a Christian that can detox inwardly. You can detox in your spirit. Because sometimes you have expectations that are that didn't happen, things that you're waiting for, prayers that you prayed and nothing happened. And somehow your spirit has toxins. You want to talk to God, but you're like, God, but God. You want to talk to somebody, but they offended you. So you've got to be able to talk. Get everything out so the Holy Spirit can dwell in you. And you know these things that Jesus needs a donkey. He gets on the donkey, a humble animal, a slow animal, another prestigious animal. Then I was thinking about this Jesus. Sometimes Jesus doesn't show up, or most of the times Jesus doesn't show up when you really expect him to show up. So for, for you to get there, you've got to be somebody who can be able to deal with disappointments. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes, most times, a lot of times it happens that Jesus will delay. When God does not show up, when you expected him to come, he didn't come. And you can get so disappointed that you need to talk from that. For example, when uh, Jesus was a friend of Mary and Martha mm -hmm. and Lazarus, and Lazarus got sick, and he was a friend of Jesus. They were buddies. They, 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 they knew each other well. And so when he got sick, Mary and Martha said for Jesus, and they say, you are afraid. It's unwell. But the Bible says that Jesus took two more days, another 48 hours, before he said, let's go and see Lazarus. 
Can I imagine what was happening to Mary and Martha? They know Jesus must answer their call because he is their friend. He comes there when he's not very busy, when he's not going places, and they sit and talk and have fun. But when they needed him most, he doesn't show up. All they know is he is coming. But they waited, and he didn't show up. Lazarus dies. The culture there is when somebody dies, you go to Bali before the sun goes down, so they bury, they bury Lazarus. And the following day, they are looking up, Jesus is still not here. Two days, three days. The Bible says on the fourth day after they had buried Lazarus, that's when Jesus shows up. I can imagine, I've, I've had people close to me die. I can imagine the grief, the sorrow that Mary and Martha had to go through, waiting on Jesus who never showed up. They cried, they mourned, the villagers came to comfort them. And I can imagine how disappointed they were because they were telling Jesus, if only you had been there, he wouldn't have died. And I want to say this tonight. God's delays are normally very deliberate. It's not that God is caught up. He was, Jesus wasn't caught up in anything. He knew what was happening, but he deliberately stayed because the miracle of raising Lazarus was greater than the miracle of healing Lazarus. So maybe you think God has delayed, but he's not coming. But his delay is deliberate. The miracle he's going, he's going to give you is bigger than if he had already showed up. So you've got to be a person who can wait, who can endure, even when God disappoints you. That reminds me of Job. It's a time that Job lost everything. And the Bible says that Job said, I looked for God and I couldn't find him. I went forward. He wasn't there. I went backward. I can't even remember him backwards. He was thinking. He was thinking. Did I do anything wrong? Is it a generational curse? What is happening? Why didn't God show up? He went to the left. He went to the right. But he didn't fight God. Finally, Job says, but he knows every move that I make. And I want to encourage you tonight. Even though God may not have showed up and you have looked for him, you have prayed, you have fasted, you have waited, and you haven't seen him. Every move you make, he's aware. He sees it. So he, you may not know where he is, but he knows where you are. Mm. So maybe you are crushed. Maybe you, you, you like, God, I waited for you to heal me, and here I am still struggling. I want to encourage you tonight. He knows where you are. And he knows the state of your heart. There are times that I've been very disappointed. Sometimes very disappointed, even with God himself. Because you, you have this faith in your life. I know God is going to show up and you pray and you wait. Like the other day, there is this friend of mine. She lives in Uganda. She's a Kenyan, but married in Uganda. And uh, her family is falling apart, and we've been praying for years, waiting on God. And, 
and she she writes me and she tells me uh, things are really bad. I don't know what I'm going to do now. I think I actually even advised her to just take a visit, go to Kenya and just take a break because things were really, really bad. And she went somewhere, came back. And after a month or so weeks, her son decided to commit suicide. So she, he took he drugs, some concussion, and uh, I got a message, he's in the hospital. And next thing you hear, he has died. And here I am, I'm in America, I'm not anywhere where I can reach this woman, and I'm trying to encourage her. And I thank God, because through all these things, she has come out strong, but there are times when you really, really disappointed. You are waiting. The good thing about the whole thing is when the son was in the hospital, he gave his life to Christ. So he died at some point he was conscious, they were talking and saying, I want to live. But so the mother led him to Christ, so he died at the river. But now here she is in this dilemma. I have been trusting God, I have been waiting on God. So I'm still her pastor even when I'm here. So now, Pastor, where do we go from here? What do we do? What, what do you say about this? And I've got to find all the scriptures. I'm also crushed, not as crushed as he is being a mother. But you are so disappointed. You are like, God, why didn't you show up? Why didn't you do the marriage? Why didn't you save the son? But God knew if the son was to read, he would never maybe have been a, a Christian because he would say he's getting off drugs, he's getting off drinking, and then he would just go back in. And here I am praying for my nephews and my nieces. And then my sister tells me, you know what? So and so one of my nephews has joined this cult that doesn't even believe Jesus is Lord. That is this traditional thing that they have to die in the gospel. And I'm like, God, <laughs> I thought I thought we were, I thought we were coming out with this guy. But even in these things, I thought in tears I lay on the floor and I said, God. Even in this, I'm going to worship you. So I started worshiping and I started laughing at the devil. <laughs> I thought, devil, you, you, you have no idea. That is a saint. He hasn't come back yet. But I'm, even today, I'm telling you, that's a saint of God. He is going to work in the ministry. It's payback time for the, enemy, for the enemy. So for you to be a doctor that God can use, you've got to be a man or a woman that you can endure, even disappointments. Not only from people, because people will always disappoint. But even when we think God is disappointed you. Because it's our perception. Because he cannot show you the whole picture of what he is doing. And like I said, there are, there are times. Whatever you are going through right now, that is not the last chapter of your story. His, your story is still being written. Already the last chapter has already been written. So wherever you are today, that's not the last chapter. He's still writing your story. So you, you've got to be a person who is humble, a person who can wait on God, a person who can rise up from the dust. You know, the times you are hit and you, you know, they say that you, 
you can you, you still have on on a, on a string and you tie a knot <laughs> times when even the knot gives way and you are down there and you're like prostrate on the ground <laughs> and you're like I'm down like I'm 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 down but God still needs you. This donkey is just there. I have no idea it's going to be written by the greatest God. And that reminds me to tell you this. The greater the burden that you carry, the greater the miracle. This was a cult that has never been written. So it's not broken into. I know here people understand that better. Because an animal that has been ridden, it's so easy to coax it, to be Right, it again. The, the one that Jesus chose was as wild as they come because it has never been ridden. So it doesn't matter to your things. Maybe you're like, I, I, I've never carried any kind of anointing. I don't, I don't know how. I, I just hear people say that. I tried waiting and tried being humble and having a posture that looks like I'm waiting on God and uh, nothing has happened. But I want to encourage this tonight. You still are candidates. You are the kind that God uses. God uses the unqualified so that the Bible says that so that he can, it is he who qualifies us. And I remember talking about that when we were at the sponsor. It's God who qualifies us. So you don't have to be qualified in anything. All you need to be is just be there where Jesus can say, we go and you go. Where he says, do this for me. And you say, yes, Lord, I'm going to do it. No matter how foolish you do it. You've you got to be somebody who can serve in anything. It doesn't have to be at the pulpit. It doesn't have to be anywhere. Anybody can notice you. Even when you're serving other people, nobody has to tell you thank you. Even when no one says thank you, and especially women who are married, <laughs> it's hard for somebody to, for your husband to say thank you for. Sometimes they do, but not always. <laughs> but you've got to be somebody that serves irrespective, whether anybody notices or doesn't notice, whether anybody says thank you or they don't, even when you have given it to you have served, you have spoken up, you have done everything that needs to do. And nobody says thank you. Remember, you just are done. Your job is to find the master. And there is no pride in a donkey. You've never seen a donkey swimming its tail like it has done anything. <laughs> a horse will do it. You see its man, and it looks like it's hungry walking the pastures. Not a donkey. Still walks so hungry. So even when God uses you, you will be humble enough. That he can use you again and again. So tonight I want to tell us that Jesus needs you. The question was, can God use me? The answer is he can. Doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter what people have ever said about you. Because sometimes when we start here and I look at you and I'm like, you guys have. No idea who is this. I remember the many days, the many years as a kid walking to school, barefoot, and I'm like, the times that I'll just lay there and I'm like, God, I thank you. That I'm, I am me and I'm you. 
We, we used to wear school uniforms when in school so that nobody looks richer than the other. But still, even in that, we still could see the poverty. For some reason, the materials we were making the uniforms were right. So after sitting in class for, for three months, in the back, there's a hole. The rest of it may be looking like it's new, but the back has a hole. So it has to be patched up several times. Your parents can't, can't afford a new one. And when they can afford a new one, they would buy one that is wronger than you. So you don't, it can grow with you. <laughs> so you. So as it grows with you, the back is tall, and you have all these cups at the back that are patched in. And, uh, and now when I'm done, Trying was 68 and you had no idea who you are dealing with. <laughs> you never knew that one day, I'm saying this because they were shaming that, and some kids would shame you, they would bully you, they would they would they would do anything because it's it's a it's a big deal because <laughs> you want to look like a certain way, but it's not happening. But you got to be humble enough. The other day I thought, yeah, well, there's no reason why I'm not sitting in Kenya by the roadside selling tomatoes. <laughs> Boris Ravi, because I've seen those women in Uganda say, selling tomatoes five for each, put four and the fifth one on top. There is no reason why I wouldn't do those women. But God, by His mercy and His grace, I am here preaching to you tonight. It's just by the grace of God. It's not the qualifications because I never qualified. I, I never did one single little thing to qualify to be here tonight, to be doing what I'm doing. But God, by his mercies. So you have no idea what God has in store for you. You have no idea where God is taking you. So let not the enemy whisper into your ears telling you that you are not the kind. You are the kind. Even when you are down there, it's time to tell yourself, devil, you have no idea. This is a child of the most high God. This is an anointed person. This is a person who can do exploits for the, for the Lord. You are humble, yes. You, 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 you can be used by God to raise you and to take you to places. you got to be a donkey, because it's only a donkey that can, can be that humble. But even after doing such mighty things, having the king of kings, the Lord of gods, it's never mentioned again in the Bible. We don't know what happened to the donkey. We don't know even whether the disciples took care of it and took back to the owner. We have no idea what happened to the donkey. It doesn't matter whether nobody ever hears about your king after God has reached you. All it matters is that you are available. Mm -hmm. Can God use you? Yes. And he wants to. He's just asking that you're available to be used. And we shall we pray. Our Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, tonight we come humbly before you and we say yes, we are available for you. We don't know how, don't know how even to submit 
you don't know even how to give giving it to you. Sometimes you try, sometimes you make an effort, but we, we still can't show it. But tonight, we are just surrendered. We say that we want you more than anything else. Even as we have ever said many times that we hunger for you, we thirst for you. You are the air that we breathe. You are the bread that we eat. Tonight, we just say we hunger for you. We want you. We want to be like a dog, we want to be humble, we want to be meek, we want to be fully surrendered, but we can't do it without your help. So we we get we, we surrender, we put up our hands to you and we say, Lord, we are surrendered to you. Do with us as you have already or, 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 uh, do with us as you have, have been desiring. In this year 2022, we want to move in a new way direction with you, we want to know you, we want to be used of you, and we just say we are <clears throat> we give you praise, we give you honor in Jesus' name. Amen.